Welcome to the Rehab Rebels podcast. Are you a rehab professional ready to transition to an alternative career? Hear inspiring stories from others just like you and learn the best ways to bridge your career gap. This podcast has you covered. Now here's your host, doctor of physical therapy and podcaster, Tanner Welsh. Joan, so I'll go ahead and have you introduce yourself, where you graduated from, what you're doing now, and then we'll lead into how you got from where you graduated to getting where you are today and go from there. Sounds great. Hi, everyone. My name is Joan Johnson. I am an occupational therapist and I have been practicing occupational therapy for about 19 years now. And I started my career working in early intervention with children and then went into skilled nursing and worked as a director of rehab and went back to school to get a master's degree in healthcare administration and then ended up going into leadership and management within the home health setting. And in that experience, I got a lot of opportunity to work with human resources and to be on hiring teams and to support and promote clinicians within that setting. And during that time, I had some colleagues ask for help with reviewing their resume, ideas for a job search strategy. They wanted some help in coaching for an upcoming interview. And the idea just spurred to start a business providing that service. So career coaching and resume writing. And so that's what I have been doing part-time for the last six years now, in addition to owning a pediatric credit practice. You wear many hats. My goodness. So let's start back with, you graduate from OT school. What's after that? You graduate OT school and then you start working as an OT and you want to make a transition. What was that initial transition phase about and what caused it? Yeah, way back when I was doing early intervention, I thought that I wanted to work with children my entire professional career. And in providing care to children and families, I got interested in leadership and management, mostly from the public health perspective of seeing gaps in services and just seeing more of a need for the care coordination piece. And so that led me to think about going back to school for healthcare administration. It's actually a a public administration degree. So more focus on healthcare policy, primarily to see if there were some opportunities to make some change with healthcare policy within the public health realm. And that really was motivating in the sense of a bachelor's degree in occupational therapy. So I graduated before it was a required master's. And so I knew I always wanted to go back to school But going back for a graduate degree in OT didn't make a lot of sense for me at the time. And so looking at different avenues and with that degree landed me in the world of home health, where I managed and led large teams for about 10 years of my career. So interdisciplinary teams, PTOT speech, social workers, home health aides. And I grew in my experience in in leadership and management within the corporate healthcare setting. So got a lot of experience in different different settings, a lot of leadership training. And then it also spurred my entrepreneurial spirit at the same time with Mm -hmm. interest in developing, quote, a side hustle or what say you. So other opportunities to bring in revenue as a therapist, but then also other things to promote my career and fill my cup and bring me joy and to learn and challenge myself. And so 
that's what spurred me to start a pediatric private practice, which I did simultaneously working full time. So I worked in both of those realms at the same time for several years before I became a full-time entrepreneur about about two and a half years ago now. Congrats. Nice. Thank you. When you were working as that role in your home health company with the interdisciplinary teams, et cetera, was that job opening something that you were working for them like as an OT and then it came open and you transitioned into it? So that's my first question. And then I have a follow-up question for that too. Yeah, it was. it's an interesting question, Tanner, because in the initial position I had for a large health system was initially only open to RNs and PTs. And so for me as an OT, I had some hoops to jump through to demonstrate that I had the management skills and experience, especially in the home health, just because it's heavily regulated where PTs and nurses are the ones that do the admits and you're the qualifying disciplines. And so in in that position, in the leadership role, it was hard to get my foot in the door, even with a management degree. And then once I'd been in home health with that organization for about six years, I managed between 30 to 50 clinicians. And then I got offered a position as operations manager for a different health system where I was responsible for the entire department. So the triage nurses, care coordination, oversight of schedules, the clinical supervisors, and it was about say maybe about 80 FTE of staff, interdisciplinary staff, which again, that position, just being an OT, there was, they actually had to change the qualifications for the description because it was an RN only position to be able to allow have clinicians to apply. So there was a certainly some leveraging of professional networking that I did in that situation to demonstrate that I had the skills and experience, even though my clinical licensure was different than was typical of someone in that role. So that was also a learning experience for me and that it drove me to be able to also help support other clinicians in showing their worth, even though maybe their clinical licensure is not exactly what that position says or states that we still have the skills and experience to be able to do roles even within healthcare and outside of healthcare that are beyond our typical clinical licensure which is something that I coach my clients on with resume writing and career coaching. Excellent. I love the explanation there. Do you feel that your master's help you land either that initial six-year role or even the transition that you made after? Or was it a requirement on top of having an OT or how did that fit into everything? I think that my experience as a, a rehab director in skilled nursing certainly opened the doors a little bit to home health, but having the graduate degree in Healthcare with a focus in healthcare policy really was helpful in the transition to home health just because it's so heavily regulated by Medicare and understanding and applying all those medical necessity criteria is certainly a, a parameters of, within that setting. And so I do think that, that leveraged me to get my foot in the door in that setting. And then once I worked for that hospital system, I took advantage of their leadership and onboarding trainings. They had a leadership academy where they put all their leaders and managers through certain courses, certain training, certain certifications. And so I did all of those just to be able to build up my experience and my resume to, to then be able to speak to that, to do leadership trainings myself and to be able to coach and support my teams and then eventually integrate that into what I do now with resume and career coaching, working collaboratively with human resources, working on writing job descriptions, working on hiring and performance management of teams, all of those components. Perfect. What made you transition 
or what made you want to open this pediatric clinic that you started? And you said you had a full-time job also while you were doing this as well, right? Yeah, it's an interesting story because at the time in my professional career, I was honestly just feeling, I would say, both bored and not challenged and unsatisfied. And I thought, yes, I can get a clinical job. I can always get a clinical job providing therapy. But I thought, I want to create something. I want to create something that I feel like would be my own. And I met my business partner at the time, and which actually, it's a funny story. We met on Craigslist, of all things, way back 11 years ago when Craigslist was a thing. And I said, hey, I'm looking for someone with a clinical background interested in starting a pediatric clinic. And so her and I met and developed this clinic that now we have 10 years later with two locations. And we employ 31 people. And it's pretty incredible. That's awesome. Congrats on that. That's very cool. What are some struggles and pain points that you had? I, and you've gone through many transitions here, but what are some ones that you're willing to share? Some struggles and pain points getting to where you are today and how did you overcome them? I think one of the largest pain points that I had was both overcoming the imposter syndrome that a lot of rehab clinicians have that you can't, that you're put in a box and you can only do these certain things because that's what you went to school for. And also being able to grow within the profession in leadership and management is certainly having lots of failures when it comes to that. I would say the last position I had in corporate healthcare, I was there for about three years before I became a full-time entrepreneur in that same organization. I had applied to and interviewed different positions, different departments for seven years. So I've been applying to positions. I've been interviewed for positions and I was always either, thank you, you're very qualified, but not the right fit. There's another position that will come up that will be a good fit. And to me, I felt, gosh, I'm never going to get my foot in the door and I'm just a failure. Maybe I need to go back to school just to be an RN, just so I can do these other things that I'm interested in as project management and healthcare policy and quality improvement. And it was very frustrating. It was very frustrating, especially when you when I did go back to school for a master's degree specifically in management. And I still felt like there were a lot of, of barriers. So when I finally got my foot in, I felt like I really had to prove myself that I had earned that opportunity. And I did use that as a leverage or motivation, though. Also, when I talked to some of my coaching clients that it is possible networking with talent acquisition interviewing for positions, putting yourself out there, trying again, even when you feel, quote, hopeless. Oh boy, I'm never going to be able to get out of this role or this position or this box that I'm in and be able to really grow and advance my career in a way that fills my cup and where I have, I can meet my long-term personal and family goals. So, For sure. What, what helped you move the needle with these things or what resources or if you've taken any courses or was there something that really helped you get through some of these barriers in corporate healthcare and or imposter syndrome? What do you got for us? I think just just persistence and collaborating and networking with other people that inspired me. I have some really great professional colleagues in rehab that have done amazing things outside of the traditional realm and have grown their own businesses. And I've always been willing to ask questions, willing to learn from other people, being able to also learn from your failures. I think that is 
is really key is getting uncomfortable. If you're not uncomfortable, you're not going to grow. And even with my pediatric clinic, at one point in my career, we had opened a, a second location that we ended up having to close. And because we had some infrastructure challenges, we had some staffing issues. And I took the weight of that thinking that that was really a professional failure of mine. Oh my gosh, I, I had to close this part of my business. And then learning from it, growing from it, and then being able to then prosper later is what I did incorrectly and what I could have done better. And then also just learning from other people that have been successful. So I, I think learning from your mistakes is key. Uh, one barrier that I had earlier on with even my interviewing skills in all the times that I applied and interviewed for, for positions is I got really nervous and I didn't, I was not prepared and I didn't represent myself in an articulate way where it was as appealing to the hiring manager with confidence that I could do the job. And thus, one of the reasons I do interview coaching, because being able to exude that confidence and being articulate and providing examples is really key in those pivotal moments in your career where that, that can make a difference. For sure. It's funny you mentioned failure because it, it comes up on several of the episodes and I feel like there's such a bad stigma with failure, but failing is really part of the journey or making mistakes or whatever you want to call it because nobody out of the gate's going to do everything perfect the right way. It's inevitable that you're going to make mistakes and fail. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. What is your day-to-day -day life like? Oh, day-to-day. -day. It's a lot of, it is a lot of juggling. It's yeah. a lot of juggling. I also am a mom. So I have a little boy who's seven and is trying to make sure that my priority is in the right place while I still am running a full-time pediatric clinic and then doing the resume writing on the side. I would say sometimes I work strange hours or have an interesting schedule, but at the same time, there is some autonomy in the sense of being able to work my work schedule around my life in a way that adds meaning and and lets me have a little bit more control over my schedule and being able to have long weekends with my family and work remotely when I can. And I think that's something that resonates with a lot of my clients and with a lot of people is I think COVID-19, the pandemic showed us a lot about our priorities and work satisfaction and stress level and work-life balance and just wanting more meaning in our work. And making sure that we have that right balance of what is satisfying to us. Absolutely. What do you feel it would take for somebody to become a business owner in the health field? Oh boy. I think for being a business owner, really having what I would consider grit, which means you're going to have a lot of failures. You're going to have a lot of learning moments. You're going to have times where you think, why did I ever decide to do this route? I left the safety of my brick and mortar job where I had a regular paycheck, regular consistent benefits. And I left that for this unknown, the, the world of the unknown being a business owner. And I think that also having the commitment and the drive to keep going, even when you do have those failures and the sense of commitment to to continue to push forward, I think is really important. And I think creatively thinking outside the box too. So there are certain traditional ways that you start run a business, but in this day and age, there's so many different creative opportunities for different 
niche services and different ways to go about something and providing a needed service to people that maybe is unconventional. But I, I think also project management, taking steps and, and taking action as well as getting help when you need it when seeking resources is certainly very needed as a business owner. What is something that you realize from this journey? It can be like a, a life awareness or something that you've realized now that maybe you didn't when you started. Mm-hmm. It's an open-ended question that I ask everybody that from all this journey from when you graduated to now, is there something that, that you've gained or you realized that you didn't have or realized before? The biggest thing that I've learned in this process is to never make assumptions of positions and things that might be a good fit for you. It's important to have a career direction and a career plan, but at the same time, it really can morph and change and shift in ways that you didn't anticipate. And that's the exciting part, I think, of being a rehab clinician as it does lend to lots of different opportunities if you get creative and think outside of the box. I never thought in my professional career that I would want to go into leadership and management. I was like, I'm going to be a pediatric OT for the rest of my life. That was what I wanted to do when I graduated. And it, the career certainly took me in different directions from working in geriatrics, which I really enjoyed for different reasons. I really enjoyed home health for a variety of different reasons. I think I grew as a, a person and a professional and a leader in those roles and it did leverage me to take a step into entrepreneurship in a different way. But I think my my one tip or one piece of advice is don't limit yourself. Explore, look at different options, see what fits and try something new. For sure. Who would be an ideal candidate or person to reach out for you for your services? An ideal person would be somebody who is feeling burnt out or stuck in their current position or somebody who maybe entered a career or a role expecting something different than the reality of what it is and then feeling like they can't backpedal on their stuff and they can't move forward. And a lot of my clients, I do work with them on direct service-based services like the resume writing and the LinkedIn optimization and the cover letter help. But what I do find is even with those services, a lot of my clients really need a sounding board and they really need someone to understand the path that they've been on and where they want to go. And also a lot of clients don't really know where they want to go and they need that coaching and support to explore different options. Because in this day and age, the job market is very different than it used to be both for applying and interviewing for non-clinical positions. And the whole process is much different now. And so I think my clients, my ideal client would be somebody who's just looking for some professional advice from someone who has the HR hat, has the leadership experience and understands what hiring managers are looking for and also wants to overcome that imposter syndrome, help develop their professional brand to be able to land their dream job. Perfect. And let's cover all the services that you offer just so it's clear and that way everybody has a better idea. We mentioned several. There's interviewing, resume writing, coaching. 
Is there more or what else is there? Yeah. So I start with career coaching services. And so I have a certification in some specific assessments that are really robust and help with not just personality assessments. They dive deeper than that. They dive into motivators and career insights. And so I leverage these assessments also with getting to know clients and figuring out what what fills them, what fills their cup, like what positions might be a good fit and how does that align with the job market right now? How does that align with areas that are growing, the type of positions that are available? And then we talk about strategy. So job search strategy, what does that look like? And then we go to the resume writing and cover letters and LinkedIn. So helping people understand how to use LinkedIn to leverage their professional network, apply for positions and develop relationships that might help them reach their career goals. And then I also do the interview coaching and I'm starting to do some salary negotiation training too, where I'll be developing some courses on both interviewing successfully using behavioral interview strategy and also salary negotiation so that once you do land an offer, you can negotiate with confidence and tactfully in order to be able to get what you deserve. Perfect. Is there like an ideal time maybe in in someone's life or I don't know, an ideal time for them that is best to reach out to you? That's a great question. I am in the process of developing a more a career pathway. So career pathway, meaning there's those five different steps that I went over. I have a lot of clients that might email me and say, I don't know exactly know what I want or what I need, but I know I'm not happy where I am. And so then I would direct them to maybe doing some coaching and some assessments where we can you really establish a good plan and a direction because you can't write a resume and a cover letter and a LinkedIn unless you have an idea of the types of positions you're going to apply to. And I really work with clients on any step along the way. I have some clients that I didn't write their resume, but they know that I do interview coaching. So they might say, hey, I have an interview in two days. Do you have time to do some interview coaching? I'm really nervous and I need to succeed in this interview. And really clients can reach out to me at any any step in their career pathway and their career transition, whether it's just the exploratory phase in the very beginning versus like the salary negotiation interview closure phase. Okay, perfect. Do you have any book recommendations that may benefit Rehab Rebel listeners, those that are looking to transition into something different or something that you found helpful along your journey? Yeah, I think for for me, it was really a lot of, I did a lot of training in emotional intelligence. And I also was using some of the career assessments um, and certified in doing the DISC. And so I think that my recommendation to anyone looking to make a career transition is to really work on that exploratory phase of the process because I think sometimes you you feel like your strengths and your skills, but sometimes having that information to validate that is really is really helpful and really insightful. You can align why certain positions weren't a good fit or aren't a good fit based on how you like to spend your time and what your skills and your strengths are. I think that is really helpful for anyone looking to make a career transition. If for nothing else. It might just validate things you already know, but give you a more confident, more concrete information to take those steps for a career transition. 
For sure. Was there a book that you found useful or that you gained some insights or tips or that actually did go through some of these things? I'm trying to think if there's a book that comes to mind. A lot of my a lot of my training and courses were more in the leadership and management realm. And mm. so how highly working with highly productive teams. There are some really good resources on Amazon. Renee Brown has a lot of really good inspirational resources too that I think kind of align with those interested in making career transitions. Profit First, I think is a really good one for private practice owners specifically that are looking at how to make a business profitable to not work for free and spread yourself too thin. I think that any business owner is really important. So that's a really good one. For sure. For sure. Nice. Is there anything else you'd like to cover before we close? I just want to thank you for taking the opportunity to meet with me, Tanner. And I'm very thankful to be able to share my experience with others and just to be able to provide support and help build their confidence in everyone's ability to really reach career goals and transition and pivot to a career that brings joy. Solid. Joan, thank you so much for coming on. Really enjoyed it. If there's anything else I can do for you, please just let me know. Sounds great. Have a great rest of your Friday. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Rehab Rebels podcast. If this podcast was useful, make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. For more information about transitioning to alternative careers, head to RehabRebels.org or follow us on Instagram at Rehab Rebels Podcast. We'll see you next time.